Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. No Ashton. Oh, peace at last. She's got the holiday plops. Oh. Uh, so she's plopping all over Europe at the moment. She is. I hope she's having a nice time plopping, mm-hmm. you know, quite yeah. frankly. Uh, th- she made a huge deal about the fact that this is the first podcast she's missed in forever. Yeah. Despite the fact that you and I did about a year and a half, two years worth of podcasts without yeah, missing one. But that's fine. Well done, Ashton. Yeah, good, well job. Done. Good, good, good job. Good job. Hope you enjoy your week off that we couldn't have when yeah. you weren't here. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, enjoy. Enjoy your lovely holiday. Yeah, who do you think you are? <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Yes. To the video game podcast known as the Triple Jump Podcast. We hope you're well. We hope you're having a wonderful time. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Really? On this podcast. We are, yeah. It helps us keep the lights on that one, the one that's flickering. Yeah, the one actually, that is actually flickering at the a moment. little bit in our eyes. I have the ad read here. This week, we're sponsored by Sniper Epite. Five. It's a spin-off right. from Sniper Elite. Yeah. Where you can hunt tiny Peters. Ah. Just just a field full of frolicking tiny Peters. Sniper Epite. Sniper Epite five. five, yes. Okay. It's not the fifth Sniper Epite. It's just this is a, a spin-off of Sniper Elite Five. So right. just the five still have to on still there. Still keep the yeah. five in there. Uh so you got any questions about that? You want uh how on? many Peets are there? At five? least at least five, yeah. yeah. At least five. So that's pretty exciting. And is it? Are they real ballistic rounds, or is it just like paint? They're explosive rounds. Oh, so when they go in, the the peats sort of pop. You pop the peats, right? Pop, uh, pop the peats. Yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome actually. But it's, I don't think I'll be playing that. It's good. I will. Okay, uh, it'll be good fun. I think it'll be a good laugh, All or right. it would be if it was real. Oh, thank God for that. It's not real. You're safe for now. Oh, for now. For now you are safe. Well, arguably I'm less safe because people don't have an outlet for shooting Pete's in video game form. Mm. So they might choose to do it in real life. Right. Whereas if they had the game, they could just sort of get their frustrations out on the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm in trouble. That's what I'm saying. Tubbs, you are in trouble. No, we're not sponsored by Sniper Epite 5, where right. you hunt tiny Peters. We're sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast. But there's loads of other tiers available, loads of other rewards available. Uh, after this, we're recording After Dark, which is our bonus podcast where we talk about anything but video games. Yes. People seem to enjoy that. That's nice. 
come and support us and you can get access to all of them. We're recording the 19th one. Is it that? Are we on 19 already? How insane does that sound? That sounds crazy. It doesn't feel like we've done 19. It said on the on the podcast question post after dark 19, but I don't believe that that's right. I feel like we've done about eight. Maybe half that <laughs> amount. Uh, anyway, Ashton listed the the pod, the, the, the question post before Maybe she went away. And she accidentally put a, put one, a one on front. it. It could be episode nine. There's at least eight episodes of yeah, After Dark. Yeah, at the Dark. very least. You can come check them all out. Uh, but mm. I was going to say we normally talk about Facebook here, but it's gone, isn't it? Yeah. No Facebook today. No. No post on Sundays. No. Huh. Uh, Not one you single to, bloody letter. You can go to tripleju.mp forward slash cameo if you want to request a personal message from one of us. You can do yeah. that. That's nice, isn't it? Shall we get on with the questions, Peter? Let's. I've got one here from Stephen Norrie. Yes. It says, we have, thankfully question mark in parentheses mm. past the time of the ubiquitous custom plastic peripheral fad right but given we are now in a world where pretty much every gamer has access to a fancy mobile phone do you think some more second screen experiences would work in modern gaming be it as an extra input device or some other gameplay extending uh, gameplay extending function thank you thank you Stephen, for the thank question. you Stephen, for the question I think this is a good idea. I think more games should use phones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not a good idea to ever make phones necessary for play in a game that, you know, a, a controller game, but then it says, oh, you, and you also need a phone. You must have a phone. You must have a phone to also do the extra peripheral bit. That's probably not a good idea. Mm. Um, however, uh, I think it could work pretty well for, well, We'll get the obvious stuff out of the way first, which is, you know, the likes of PlayLink and Jackbox, yes. where you just use your phone as a controller. Yeah. That's really handy because it means you can have eight people over to your house or however many, and you don't need eight controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great idea. Uh, but yeah, in terms of kind of integrating the phone as a, a kind of a, an extension of gameplay, I think it could be cool to have like a little, you know, like a Pokedex mm-hmm. or something, you know, like a little encyclopedia on your phone. Uh, or use it as a PDA, or you could use it as an actual phone. So there's like a, an app mm. on your phone that you sign into when you boot up your game. Yeah. Um, you you link the session together on the Wi-Fi or whatever, and then say you're playing like Persona or something. You could call a taxi in GTA. You could yeah, you could call a taxi in GTA, or as you're walking around, instead of like the messages coming up on screen, like hey, do you wanna do you wanna go and get some noodles? You get a buzz in your pocket. <laughs> And you go, huh? Flipping love noodles. Yeah, me too. Um, so I think that could be pretty cool. Just like having your phone, it would just kind of be slightly more immersive. Or it would maybe not be immersive at all and it would mm. distract you from the screen and you would be right. like, huh? Getting your phone no. out. So maybe it wouldn't work in the slightest. I'm not sure. Um, and then also I thought uh, it, w- it was worth mentioning that we were on the Pitch Please podcast. Yes. Uh, a couple of months ago now. God, it was probably longer, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, when longer was it, than we, that. When, when on earth End was of that? last year, was it, maybe? Jesus, or yeah, Or start maybe. of this year, possibly, <sighs> I'm not sure. But um, that is where you uh, you go along and you pitch a video game idea to some knowledgeable people who understand how game development works, and they yes. rip it to shreds, rightly so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we came up with a kind of a horror game with, um, oh, I always forget the name, what's that game called? That Nintendo game that had the kind of insanity mechanics. Requiem something. Insanity oh, Requiem. I know exactly no. what you're talking about, but my yeah, my brain's yeah. gone blank. I'll maybe Google it when you're giving your answer. But okay. uh, there are, you know, some, there are various games that have insanity mechanics where it like plays with the volume of your TV or mm. there's that one in Batman where 
like it, the the console crashes, yeah, um, and then suddenly like you've switched uh, roles with the Joker, um, and you know you could do stuff like that. We our, our thing in on Pitch Please was more like Steam integrated, so you'd be playing on PC and getting Steam messages from someone telling you to like back off, mm. stop investigating this uh, supernatural situation, whatever it was. But uh, I thought, oh, you could have maybe done it with your phone as well. So as you're playing, someone's messaging you threatening things. Yeah. Abuse. <laughs> someone's abusing <laughs> someone's you. Someone's doxing on... you on Facebook. Yeah. So lots of ways you could use your phone, I think. And it, people should do it more. Yeah. I think. What do you think? Well, this is one of the rare occasions where we actually disagree. <gasps> oh. Because while I love the idea of that, mm. uh, this was attempted like seven or eight years ago when smartphones were really starting to become right. ubiquitous. What's the name of the game? You got it there? Uh, there is something called... in. No, hang on. That's not right. It was a GameCube game, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, uh, come on. I'll let, I'll let you go. Eternal Darkness. Is that what it's called? Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. There we are. That's the one. Got there eventually. Thank you for commenting it below and yes, shouting at us. Uh, we didn't see it in time. Mm. Um, yeah, this was all this stuff was was sort of pitched as an idea sort of around 2012, yeah. 2014, especially when the PS4 and the Xbox One launched. I remember Destiny had a companion app that I downloaded. I can't, like, they're all gone from my head, but I was definitely really excited about these companion apps, these mm. apps that would let you view the map and potentially view your inventory and stuff. It's all good ideas, yeah. but it ultimately just became another thing that you've got to do yeah like another barrier to get the full the full experience of the yeah. game rather than just being able to play it as much as i would like that to be an option mm. i do feel that if that's the if if a developer's intended full experience requires you to have an a phone app then they've kind of failed yeah because it should sort of it should all be you know you should be able to get the full experience from just booting up the game yeah and I do love the idea of it. Like I was, I was head over heels excited about yes. about the companion apps when they were first doing them, and then they've all sort of fallen by the wayside. A game could come along like a horror game mm. and really just take it to the next level. There have been some games. I think The Last of Us is uh, factions mode, the multiplayer mode. Yeah. You could plug your Facebook in, and because there was sort of a, an element of keeping your survivors happy based on your performance in games the survivors would be named after friends on your Facebook list, right. uh, on your on your Facebook. So it would be like, Peter Austin has died yeah, because he was too hungry. And then you feel sad because Peter Austin's died. Oh, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it will give you generic names. There are ways to plug stuff in. You could even just enter your phone number into a horror game at the start and, and give it permission to send you texts mm -hmm. uh, or call you and there just be ghostly whisperings on the air. Yeah. That would be cool. I don't know if it requires a companion app, but... I'm still waiting for a game to come along that really proves that companion apps are worthwhile. I like the idea, and it's better than the ubiquitous custom plastic peripheral fad yes. that Stephen talks about. Uh, but they did the industry tried this like eight years ago, and it didn't work. And I would like to see it work, but as it stands, not not going to download your companion app, man. I'm not going to do it. I mean, I agree with you that I don't think this is a good idea for like the map or your inventory or mm. you know something that you can just press the uh the you know the menu or the menu button for depending on what console we're talking about but yeah um i still think maybe there's a layer of immersion that you could get out of this like like friends in-game characters like messaging you saying 
hey, do you want to do you want to like meet up or hey, I've I've found something weird over here. Do you want to come and come and check it out? Imagine you're at work and Nico, uh, sorry, Roman <laughs> Bellic texts you and, and says, hey, bowling, and you're like. You have to stop. I do. You have you have to stop. I'm at work. I mean, only when probably only when the console is powered on and you're playing. Right. Game, okay. Rather than just in at the any time, of the day. he calls you at midnight. Yeah. And asks you to go bowling. Yeah. Stop it, um, Roman. But I, essentially, where, like some some games have an in-game kind of messaging system or an mm. in-game social media, and I think maybe just to like put that onto a device that your in-game character is probably using on screen to like look at their messages yeah you know the, the, i don't think there's any harm in that necessarily but um yeah there's probably there's probably something out there some kind of really cool usp mm. that someone could bring along and, and knock it out of the park but yeah yeah i i agree that it, it should only be done in certain circumstances and like you, you shouldn't be getting a companion app just for the in-game map or yes. you know Stuff that has always been standard functionality with the controller. I wouldn't mind an in-game map if it was my in-game map. So I could right. put markers on it and like, you know, do various things and then it would show up in-game. But my experience with these companion apps at the time was that it was just the map. And yeah. you could just look at the map. And it's like, well, if I can't put markers on it that then show up on my map in-game, then what's the point? What's the point? Why would I do that? Yeah. Um yeah, I, I like the idea of companion apps a lot and I would like someone to do it properly. Mm. But I can't help but feel like one game is going to take a really big swing at it. Like it's it's an app, but it's the phone from in-game so you can do stuff like you've said. Yeah, And then we end up talking about it in five years in a list of like games that took big swings that didn't land. Yeah. So I was like, isn't this an interesting idea that didn't really work? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... You know, we'll see. It's been a while since I've seen a companion app actually promoted by a mm. by a prominent developer. But if it, they come back into fashion, I'd give them a go. I mean, Stephen rightly compares it to peripherals because a lot of peripherals are, broadly speaking, are interesting ideas. Like, mm. oh, here's a gun or, you know, a steering wheel or whatever. Or, you know, some more interesting ones like the... The chainsaw controller. No, that's not a good. That was never a good idea. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, there there have been peripherals throughout gaming history where, where on paper it sounds like, oh, that would make you feel like you're in the game, <laughs> yeah. and then because it doesn't work or because you, it's just easier to use a controller, mm -hmm. it's like, oh no, that 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 fell flat on its face. Oh dear. Yeah. Well. Um, it's time, Peter. Yes. And Ashton's going to be kicking herself here because she's missing out on a section that we've never done on before. A brand new section. I think you've got it written down there. I can't really pronounce it. It's a bit tough to say out loud. It's called what we play, play what we play in. That seems right. Yeah. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we've been playing. Yes. Peter, what mm -hmm. have you been playing? Uh, well, at time of recording of this podcast, uh, the only thing I've really played this week on my own solo is uh more lego star wars i've yes. nearly finished the story of the whole thing now the sequel trilogy you still uh, loving it i'm still i'm having more fun so you may or may not be aware my stream this week was not lego star wars yes i did see i did two sessions of it on stream and then i thought this doesn't feel like I mean, it's a phrase I I have taken to using a spectator game. Okay, like a spectator sport, right? But a game. Yes. Um, People watching you systematically destroy everything in every level. Yeah. To find well. Stuff. Yeah. Or okay. or not. Right. That was the choice I had: is either destroying everything in every level, which is probably not particularly thrilling, hmm. or not doing that, which meant I was just missing out on a lot of the game, and I was just going from point to point through story 
plot points. And, uh, you know, I thought this, I don't think this is a very streamable game. Arguably, I'm now quite keen to stream um, the the complete saga rather than the Skywalker saga, which was right. the one to six, because I think that one. is a bit more, you know, there's more to that. Is that on Steam? Like, can you can you still buy that? Because I know it's stranded on at least PS3 as far as PlayStation goes. Uh, is it on Steam? Did they ever come out on PC? I'm not no sure idea. whether the, the Lego games were on PC. But I'll be able to... I mean, I've, you can. It, it was on PS2 as well, I think. So, Probably, yeah. Yeah, so I think I had it on PS2, so I could emulate it or, or bring... I might even still have my copy, I don't know. Ooh. But, um, you know, that has a more... It's a more linear experience. Uh, you get... You unlock more characters more quickly, I think. And it's always quite interesting when you finish a level seeing that, ooh, who have I got now? Who? Oh, it's Yariel Poof. Sorry, Yariel Lin. <laughs> I beg your pardon. So, um, I, I, yeah, I've, I, I'm not streaming it anymore. Uh, but playing it at home on my own... And I and now I'm going off the beaten path a bit more. I'm not. I've decided I'm not just gonna like beeline for the end of the story, which is what mm. I've been doing all the way through. I thought I'd just finish all nine movies, then go back. But now I have been just going off and doing little bits and bobs, and I'm enjoying it more doing that. So I think that's probably the way to play. Um, but yeah, it didn't seem like um, a streamable game anymore. I thought, which okay. is a shame. That is a shame. Uh, so I've been I've been playing that. Um, we played yes. some games around your house. We did. Uh, with various members of the team. Perhaps mm. you you will want to talk about those. Um, but uh, also at time of release of this podcast, I will have played some KO the Kangaroo. Mm. The new mascot platformer game uh, based on a... Well, it's a character who's been around for a while. Gaming legend. Yes. An icon. I think he launched on a Sega console some time ago. I'm not sure which one, actually. I'll have to look that up uh, when I do my uh, review on it. But at time of recording, I've not played it. Mm. But given the code today, um, and embargo is tomorrow. That's Friday. Um, But uh, I'm going to be off work until next week. So you'll have to wait till Wednesday to hear my first impressions. But then I probably... I might stream a bit of it as well. So... Mm. You'll be able to see it in action. Yes. Um, but that's what I've been playing. Excellent. I have been playing a little bit of Borderlands 1 in mm-hmm. co-op. Uh, I know that game like the back of my hand now. And here we, here I go playing it again. Yep. Um, I have also been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake as threatened last week. Yes. Finally playing through it again on PS5. It is so good. I'm just enjoying it a lot. Good. Like really, really just, I just like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I should write a review, shouldn't I? I, I like, like it, it a lot. A lot. Um, maybe you should get me a thesaurus perhaps, but <laughs> I do like it a lot. And I know I enjoyed it a lot the first time around, but I don't know. It's been long enough, I think, for me to re-experience it and kind of forget little aspects of it. Right. And now coming back to it, I think I can appreciate just how well they managed to make the first portion of a much bigger game feel like a standalone experience. Right. In terms of uh, fleshing out characters and, uh, you know, adding story elements and side quests and all the different functions and systems in there. It it just works really well. I think I'm about halfway through it now, or, mm-hmm. or maybe two thirds of the way through it, and then I'll be playing the DLC that came out, the yes. story expansion, where you get to play as Yuffie, mm. who you do not meet this early on in the original game. So I'll be interested to see how that works. You never played that. 
Uh, not the expansion, no, because I was mm. I was waiting to play through it again right. in order to do that. So I will maybe get to that before the next podcast. Maybe not. I'm not entirely sure. But we've got a really long bank holiday coming up next weekend. We have. Uh, because of the Queen. Because the Queen turns 100 or something. She does. I'm not sure. I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah. She's 10,000 years old, mm. and so we get Thursday and Friday off. Yes. And uh, that'll be lovely. So I might play some more then. But apart from that, yes... I turned 30 last week. Mm, and congratulations. Thank you. It's a big milestone. Where's my bank holiday? I don't know. Quite frankly. Incidentally, um, you say we'll be off on Thursday and Friday. I will be in on Thursday and I will stream in yes. the usual slot. Peter so. will be in on here. So for the joint stream slot, catch him outside. How about that? Yeah. Um, I turned 30. I had a couple of people over. It was really lovely. Mm, it was lovely. The main event of the evening, though, was who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus. Who did? Uh, we know now. We do know now. And it's a shame, that, again, that Ashton is not here because she was extremely excited to she play was. who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus. And this was your first experience with a Wales interactive game. It was, yeah. How did you find the quality of acting, the writing, just, just presentation-wise? What did you think? Did it live up to the hype? Um... Yeah. It was it was very silly. The writing was definitely the scenario was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean that would never ever happen. Um or even if it in the highly unlikely event that it did happen, there were things missing from the, I don't think it so the premise I can talk about the premise. Yeah, of course, I, yeah. yeah. As long as you don't say who uh, No, I will what, not say who did press mute. On Uncle Marcus. Uh, but so the premise is that your Uncle Marcus rings you up on video call and he has been poisoned, mm. right? And he's dying. Yeah. Um, and he uh he he's seemingly just alone in his house with no no thing. medical assistance whatsoever. He's just he's just committed to dying. So basically. he gives you context. He's saying, like, oh yeah, they say I'm dying of poison. Um, and uh, I need you to find out who poisoned me and what they used because mm -hmm. there was like a family event he was at and he's he's narrowed it down to that. Yeah. Um, but he keeps talking about like, oh, the doctors say this and the doctors say that. And then like about halfway through, he looks even more unwell and he's like... At that There's point, a death meter that goes yeah. down <laughs> every so often. Yeah. There's just like a life meter that is Uncle Marcus creeping closer to death. Yeah, and he starts off in a chair and he's he keeps like video calling you all the time. And then mm. about halfway through as he's really flagging, he ends up in like reclined in a bed yeah. with a heart monitor in the background. Mm-hmm. But at no point do you see any medical professionals no. with him. And it's like, who, why has he just been left to die? I don't uh, know. What's going on? So that whole part of it, the scenario was just laughable. Mm. Um, the characters were just silly caricatures. Yeah. Um, but of the most awful people. Way. Yeah, the most awful people. Imagine. The mum was just the worst. Yeah. I mean, you'd think someone like the aunt, who was also not very nice, would be the worst person in that family. But no. No. Your own mother... Is just they're all terrible horrendous. in their own ways. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the Uncle Marcus was played by the actor from The Office who did. Um, oh God, what was his name? What was his name in The Office? His uh, his character's name in The Office. He was. I've only seen the UK office. I'm uh, look at you, purist. He yeah. was uh, he was the the boss, the boss of Steve Carell. Uh, right. Steve Carell's character. I'll, I'll look him up now. Um, let's see. I'm going to do it. Here we go. I'm trying to remember the name of the UK uh, one because some of the names sound very similar. Who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus? Um, let's see. There's there's no Wikipedia page for it, which okay. is understandable. You might uh, be better searching for The Office. 
Uh, oh, here we go. I think we've got it. Uh, every year, Abby's mum has a family quiz on her birthday. It's a long-held tradition, one that brings the whole rich and eccentric family together. And one that Abby dreads. But this year's quiz comes with a shocking difference. As it's about to begin, her beloved Uncle Marcus tells her that he's dying and someone in the family has poisoned him. Abby is the only one he can trust. You must find out who the murderer is before it is too late. Starring Andy Buckley from The Office. Right. Who played... Now I've got his name. I can look him up. Andy Buckley. Uh, David Wallace. David Wallace. David Wallace. That will mean a lot to some people. Right. David Wallace was uh, was uh, Michael Scott's boss right. in the office. Yeah. Uh, so I know the equivalent from, from the UK. His acting in... Well, I think we can say that we failed. Yes. And so we did get to see Uncle Marcus die. Mm. That acting was some of the best acting I've seen in a video game <laughs> in in my entire life, ever, ever. That's yeah. ju- in fact, it's just some of the best acting I've ever seen. Ever. Give that man the Oscar. Give it to him. The best bit is that he, again, when he dies, if you don't get it right, uh, he just flatlines in his bed... And then he's just still on the call. <laughs> he just stays there. Because he would be. Dead on the call because yeah. he can't hang up. Yeah. Really close to the camera. Just <laughs> just, just like mouth agape. Mouth agape. No doctors there to no. say time of death. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, that's kind of what I was promised. And, uh, you know, and even just the, the fact that people kept like going into private calls yeah, but like kind of secret. Sometimes it would, they'd be trying to do it like surreptitiously to like bitch about someone in the family. But like, surely the people in the group chat would realize that two of them have briefly dropped out. Yeah, and then come back in again. But it's like being in a Discord server, but having your own separate channel within it. That yeah, you're just like what are they doing in there? Why have they dropped out of the main? Anyway, it is Wales inter. It, it is the purest Wales interactive experience I could have possibly hoped for. Oh, that's good. It's all of the cheese and and all of the ham as well, mm. uh, and also it was mercifully, which I was kind of worried about, a linear game in that it just proceeds in a linear fashion and you make different choices as you go rather than you're a detective, you work it out, here's all the information, connect the dots, Yeah, Yeah. which it wasn't that. It was just, it's like an hour long. Yeah, really, really simple. Cannot recommend it enough. Get people over, get drunk, play Who Pressed Mute on Uncle Marcus. It's amazing. Yeah. Best game I've played this year. Whoa. One of the best games I've ever played, full stop. F- top five games of the year. Absolutely in December, is. It 100% is. Good. That's what I've been playing. Yeah. It's time for question two. It is. This is from Fergus Jeffs. Hello, BP. Pronounced boop as Ashton is absent this week. Sorry to bring more corporate flip to your door, but here goes. Yesterday, this being Tuesday, Take-Two Interactive and Zynga completed the biggest merger in video game history for the price of $12.7 billion, with Take-Two CEO suggesting that this merger is a way for the company to become a leader in mobile gaming. Plus, there are reports out there suggesting that prolific studio buyer EA is now looking uh, to be bought by a larger multimedia company like NBC Universal, Disney, or Amazon. Considering the number of corporate gaming deals which have taken place over the past weeks and months, can you see a way in which uh, an increasing number of games and studios being overseen by the same select group of umbrella companies can be seen as a good thing for the video games industry? Or is it all doom and gloom? Or does any of this matter if the games are good enough? As two video game dudes with good attitudes, I'd like to hear your two cents. Your friend in obscurity, Fergus, Forgotten Media 141, Jeffs. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you, Fergus. Uh, I saw the EA thing 
reported under a really strangely worded headline. It said, EA looking to sell itself. Which is, oh, it's like, okay, it's right. Co- it's called sex work and it's real work. Yes. And uh, it should be regulated and legalized. Yes, perhaps. it should. Um, so, I mean, my my short answer would be it's mostly doom and gloom, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Monopolies are not a good thing for the consumer. We've talked about that ad nauseum. But in trying to answer Fergus's question, I have dug deep. Have you gone devil's advocate? I've gone devil's advocate and tried to find some positives to this. Positives. Positives. Yeah. Um, so, hypothetically, if Sony or Microsoft bought more uh, big companies, mm. say they acquired EA instead of Disney or Amazon or NBC Universal, at least they would maybe be able to add the back catalogs to their live services for right. games that they acquire the IP for, too. Mm-hmm. Two four. Two four. Some yes. sort of preposition. When's two four? Um so that could be a positive for the consumer, possibly. Yeah. Uh also the larger company so if if a smaller company is bought by a bigger company, they are they then have access to more resources, hypothetically. It doesn't always work that way, but they, they might have access to more resources, more money, uh better infrastructure for things like servers and so on. Um so Potentially, they could produce better products or bigger products, you know, increase the scale of things. Yeah. If you have several good studios who have been acquired by a, a larger umbrella umbrella corporation, uh, they those small studios can all work together to, a, to make a, a product and do their own specialism. So you do hear sometimes about... Um, acquisitions being made and someone saying oh this will be good because they're good at multiplayer and we're making this game already and we want them to come along and help us with our multiplayer because we we haven't done much of that before or or whatever so yeah it's good to get people in who have certain specialisms but those are pretty much the only two positives (laughs) that is it yeah i have a couple more to add to the advocate pile yeah um in the grand scheme of things, these mergers will probably not affect the average game player at all. That's true. Not only will they be unaware, but they will still probably end up getting the games that they want, even if it's not developed by the same people. Mm. They won't know. They'll just get it and maybe think, oh, it's a shame it wasn't as good as the last one. And then they'll go about their day. Yeah. They won't feel like it's a big injustice like the rest of us will no. because we're silly. Um, but apart from that, uh, I've seen... Some people say the the big benefits of, for example, Microsoft purchasing um, Activision and Bethesda, Bethesda specifically, yeah. uh, specifically, sorry, is, specifically, is what yeah. I mean, um, is that studios like Obsidian yeah. could potentially work on a Fallout New Vegas 2 now. Right. Where they couldn't do that before. Or, you know, you've got, Studio, you've got uh, Sledgehammer, which nobody really likes to be, but you've got Infinity Ward coming mm. in, or a Treyarch, who could maybe have a stab at a Halo game. Yeah, you know, there's there's potential marriages there. I mean, realistically, I think they're probably just going to keep them separate because they bought them to make Call of Duty because that's where all the money comes from. Yeah, but even so, there are some nice dream scenarios you can think of where it's like, what if they worked on this IP mm. that they wouldn't previously have access to? However. They could then suddenly be disintegrated, disintegrated, dissolved, and put on support work for Blizzard games. Yeah. A la, was it Vicarious Visions? Uh, Vicarious Visions is now pretty much support for uh, either like Blizzard, WoW, or it might be Call of Duty. I think they, but yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever it is. They're rubbish, they're isn't it? No longer making fun, colorful platformers. 
you also can't really argue with the fact that sort of the independent and varied voices that come from, and I say an independent company in say the Bethesda sense, they're yeah, not, not independent. Not an indie dev. Not an indie yeah, dev, but those those voices and cultures, when they get gobbled up by a big studio, there's a real risk of them being uh, affected or people leaving or just, you know, you can't do this anymore. We want you to do this now. And the whole corporate structure completely changing. Yeah. Um, however, if we're talking about EA, who is notorious for gobbling up studios with their own culture and then ruining them, yeah. uh, itself wants to be bought you could also argue that that effect is lessened because if they are bought, any studio cultures they already that, that existed before they were purchased by EA yeah. probably no longer exist yes. in the sense that they did. And maybe whoever buys EA will be able to stop them from dissolving any further companies that they that EA already own. I mean, you would hope, but who knows? It's yeah. just, I don't know. Every, when everything's so connected and we're not even talking yet about the sort of the scary money that, that, cut, that that's sort of yes. filtering its way into the, into the uh, games industry at the moment, like there's a lot of uh, Chinese Communist Party money making its way in. There's a lot of uh, Saudi money making its way yeah. in. And that's kind of frightening as well and poses big ethical um mm -hmm. uh, what am i trying to say ethical dilemmas for people potentially when they, i think the saudi oh i can't remember what the full name is but i believe they just bought a five percent stake in nintendo which is kind of insane to yeah. think about um, and they already own stakes in in a, some other there's a lot of well. other stuff i think yeah i can't remember it was the people who make metal slug uh snk right. maybe is, is is the other one citation yeah. very much needed so there's there's a lot of big money coming into the games industry not just existing structures purchasing other structures but you know external forces coming in as well it ultimately is not going to affect the guy and the gal who buy call of duty no. and fifa every year the uh the the people we often say they just they you know these are the these are the these are the target this is the target audience yeah they don't care about this kind of stuff the only reason we do is because we know it's happening and we feel somewhat responsible not responsible but we we do feel affected by it especially if a studio we like that made a game that we like for example vicarious visions yeah. then just we learn that they are now working as a support studio on a game that's or on games that are nothing to do with what they previously did when they clearly got talent for their own exactly their own thing it's just a shame so I don't think there's many positives. No, I thought of one more that I think I actually said either last week or the week before when we had, must have had a similar question. Uh, one other potential positive, and again, it's very much devil's advocate for the monopolization, especially in the case of Disney mm. uh, acquiring perhaps EA or or whatever, um, is that you can get your kind of multiverse crossover references and things. You know, if you think about the, the Chip and Dale movie that's just come out, I've not seen it yet, but I hear that it's got like... It's either over a hundred or over a thousand Easter eggs in there. Wow. Uh, it might not be a thousand, but I think it's over a hundred, which That's is still a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, and you look at something like multiverses. Now, whatever you think of that just as a concept or that genre, if you're not a fan of your, your Smash Bros style games, that's that's your own uh, preference. But I quite like the idea that Shaggy, Shaggy Doo or whatever his surname is, mm -hmm. Rogers is fighting Batman and... Uh, you know, other characters in it, Arya Stark. You know, it's weird, mm. but I quite like that 
those things can happen if there's a good reason to make games like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it could even be you could have a more focused thing where you just take two IPs and do some kind of shared universe with a bit more slightly more serious not just like here's loads and loads of characters all together but like no here's almost like kingdom hearts like disney Mm -hmm. and final fantasy and then there's an actual story and an actual universe with stuff happening they could do that if they wanted to yeah um but again devil's advocate for sure yes we of course want to hear what you think about this as well because a lot of people rightly just go i don't care yeah why why should that bother me but I don't know. We're not done seeing these big mergers, so we'll just have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. See what happens. Well, There are any more mergers, though. It might be a bit strange, mightn't it? It might be a bit strange. It might be a bit weird. It will mm. certainly make the news. Weird, weird news. news. Yeah, weird, weird news. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Remember, you can submit your weird video game news to us on Twitter and Facebook. There's a post that goes up near the start of the week. Comment. Reply. Do it. Let us know. We read it. And we'll we shout you out. Bring them along. We will. We do have to shout out, though, our podcast producers who went to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump and supported us at a specific tier. Thank you so much to mm-hmm. all of you. We're going to kick, kick it off Let's with... With Nathan, Josh Plain, G.Y. Goliath, Sean Legg, Corey Duffel, Ellie Nicholas, Erica Hutchinson, Melody L. Bonnet, Katie Jarrett, and Gabrielle Philippink. Thank you, podcast producers. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Peter, what's your weird video game news this I, week? I have a weird video game news submitted by Samuel Benson, Son. Uh, I believe on the Facebook post rather than the Twitter. Um, uh, this is from comicbook.com. Um, and well, you're really going in there. Stay, stay hydrated, everyone. Um, and it's pretty weird, really. It's written by Logan Moore. Okay. Um, and the headline is Kingdom Hearts referenced in Taco Bell Mexican pizza commercial. Okay. All right. Right. So 
Square Enix's mega popular action RPG franchise, Kingdom Hearts, just got referenced in the most unexpected of places. Mm. A new commercial for Taco Bell. Yes, the American fast food chain has been out in full force to promote the return of the Mexican pizza in recent days. So much so, in fact, that it created an original song for the menu item that directly mentions Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, now, I could go on. Yeah. I'm going to prime you here because I just want it to be clear when it happens okay. what is going on here. Yes. This is not a brand deal that they have made with Square Enix. This or, is just something or, they've done. They just mentioned Kingdom Hearts in this ad for no reason. Okay. Okay? Yes. In this new commercial for the Mexican pizza, a wrap was thrown together to highlight the many desirable qualities of the item. It's the only way I want pizza described to me. Indeed, in wrap form. Mm -hmm. While most of the lyrics talked about some ingredients found in the pizza-like food, a lone bar was thrown in that alluded to Kingdom Hearts. Specifically, the line in the song said, We eat in all our order, key to my heart like Sora. <laughs> Even though Kingdom Hearts itself wasn't directly mentioned by name, it's clear what this line in the brief song was referring to. You can watch the full commercial for yourself in the tweet embedded below. You do have to remember that Sora was famously fond of Taco Bell. There's several points in Kingdom Hearts 3 where he just goes to a Taco Bell Gets a Mexican and pizza. sits there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, likely the funniest part of this whole situation is that not long after it was discovered that Taco Bell threw in a reference to Kingdom Hearts and Sora in this ad, the video game series began to trend on social media. And while Kingdom Hearts is a franchise that often causes a lot of commotion on socials, especially in light of the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4, this is definitely one of the more unusual instances in which the game series has trended. Some fans joked that this crossover between Kingdom Hearts and Taco Bell is one that should continue in Kingdom Hearts 4. Others noted that because Sora is now in the real world in Kingdom Hearts 4, perhaps he could even come across a Taco Bell He's for himself in-game. None of this is likely to go... Uh, None of this is likely ever going to transpire in Kingdom Hearts 4, but it's still funny to think about. Mm. What are your thoughts on Kingdom Hearts being mentioned in this new Taco Bell commercial? Is this one of the most bizarre crossovers that you can think of? Let me know your own reaction to this whole situation, <laughs> either down in the comments, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at, okay. at moreman Are you just going to read the whole thing, huh? Yeah. Are you going to play the rap? Can we listen to yeah, it? Yeah, we can. Um, here we go. How long is it? Probably too long. 28 seconds. Following up the rap about the line about Sora with cheese, cheese and beans. It's great. Keaton, my heart like Sora. Cheese, cheese and beans, beans and cheese, cheese and beans. Brilliant. Just, just threw it in there. Absolutely it's like inspired. He'd sort of run out of. It's like he was um, making it up on the spot, or freestyling. Yeah. And he desperately was trying to think of rhymes for order and was like, Sora. He's like, it's not relevant, but I'm just. That's what I've got to say. Key to my heart, like Sora. <laughs> my car's a Kia Aura. <laughs> exactly. Um, get, wait, Kia Aura, that's a drink, isn't it? I think that's also maybe hello in. Kiwi. Oh, I'm right. Not, okay. I'm not entirely Could sure. Be. Kia Aura is too orangey oh, for Ma crows. Ma Maori. What, what, what's the language? What's the language? Maori is certainly a culture. I don't know what the oh. language is called. Might also be Maori. Apologize to all of our New, Ze New Zealand listeners. Yeah. For my, my display of ignorance there. There's a definitely, there's a Kia something. 
Is it Kia? The Kia is a car brand. It is. And Kia Aura is definitely an orange drink. And Rita Aura is a singer. <laughs> yeah. How many true. degrees of separation can we get from, from that? Rye Vita is is a delicious, good for you, healthy snack. Yes. Uh, Whiskey and Rye is a line from a Madonna song. And, yes. Uh, Madonna was the name of the the sort of the woman in that piece of art. Yes. The, women are famously absent from this podcast true. this week. And we're back in the room. Right. Excellent. Would you like to hear my weird news? Yes. Okay. Uh, this comes courtesy of Bartek Kubica. Thank you, Bartek. Thank you, Bartek. It's from Eurogamer and Robert Purchase. Purchase. Hmm. Uh, Real-life Polish witcher school closes amid political concerns as licenses pulled by CD Projekt Red. Oh. Well, that really... I was about to say no purchase necessary, oh. but I, you can't really follow up. That's pretty good. Actually. That's quite the headline. Seven years, 40 editions, and 3,117 trained witchers later is the subtitle. Wow. The Witcher School live-action role-play events in Poland, one of which I attended in 2016, not me, and Robert, I assume. Robert the writer. It goes down. Um, you do. Have come to an end because of a contractual termination by CD Projekt Red over the use of the Witcher name. The exact reasons why are potentially political, but also unclear. Surprising that CD Projekt had the rights to give them the Witcher name and not whoever wrote the books. Because surely that's the original source material. It is, yeah. I don't know why maybe they use imagery from the game. Yeah, perhaps. I'm maybe. not entirely sure. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of Polish names in here. So right. for people names, I'm going to read their first names. Yeah. And there is a translation for the name of the company here. So Five Elements, the company behind the events, alleges that CD Projekt Red pulled the license because of a staff member's involvement with the ultra-conservative Polish Catholic organization Ordo Luris, which is anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ+, and rejects the idea of gender equality. Okay. Good people. Mm. The staff member in question, Ania, is the wife of... And then it's got the Polish name again. Five Elements founder, Dastin. And according to a Facebook post co-signed by brothers Dastin and Dominic, Anya worked as a lawyer for the company for around two years between 2017 and 2019. More recently, though, she was commissioned by Ordo Luris to work on the legal mechanisms for introducing and enforcing the vac vaccination obligation and the possible consequences of failure to comply with it and the draft of a law penalizing illegal abortion, the Facebook post explained. Right. This involvement was brought to light by Polish media in February, in articles like this and this, and prompted Five Elements to contact CD Projekt Red with an explanation. It was then that the license was allegedly abruptly terminated. Mm. When the situation happened, we informed CD Projekt Red about it, which in response, uh, without asking for any explanations, terminated the license agreement, the more recent Facebook post read. I asked CD Projekt Red for ver verification. It would not be drawn on particulars, but vaguely mentioned different reasons for the license termination. And here's a quote from CD Projekt. In February, we decided to end our cooperation with the organizers of the Witcher School, CD Projekt Red told me. And now the contractual notice period of three months has ended. For more context, this uh, cooperation was about the LARP itself and potential merchandise tied to it. We do not provide further details on the matter. That's what they said. Right. Uh, so... So they're it, basically saying it's not to do with their political... Potentially, meetings. or they really just don't want to be drawn into a conversation about yeah. it, potentially. Um, I know that Poland is a very Catholic country, so it could there could possibly be 
they could land themselves in hot water by taking a stance. Probably. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not suggesting um, that that is confirmation that it's not to do with that, but that their line is their line is that it's that. it's yeah they don't yeah. want to talk about it really. Uh, it then goes on to explain that five elements are apparently going to struggle uh, and may face bankruptcy, but that they will be committed uh, to setting up an original LARP. Uh, in spring of 2023. So, I mean, this was exciting because apparently there's a Witcher school that you can attend and have been able to attend for a while. And then it now no longer exists as a Witcher school because of potentially some very uh, problematic Mm. stances from certain staff members. I guess they'll just rebrand it as like a... Beast Hunter school. Yes, maybe they can do a Monster Hunter one. Yeah, Yeah, who knows? I mean... If you want to get into bed with a company like that, you can go for it, I suppose. But uh, there we are. That's my weird news. Mm. It's time for question three. Question three is from Nikki P, who says, Nikki P. Halo, Bap. Hello. Is there a gaming generation or era you wish you grew up in? I'm an old geezer and grew up in ye oldy Sega Mega Drive. So old. Days is the the word missing there, or era, uh, which was a great time. Uh, 2D Sonic, Streets of Rage, all round 90s chewed, etc. But I kind of feel too old for some things like Pokemon or 3D Sonic, which I perhaps would have liked more or have a greater level of nostalgia for if I grew up as a kid playing it. Love your work. Loves your work, it says. Loves your work. Loves your work. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. I certainly don't feel like I was younger. I don't I'm glad I grew up in the era that I did in terms of games I'm nostalgic for. Hmm. Um but that's probably just because you can't possibly imagine feeling nostalgic for like late PS2, early PS3 games. And yet some way. people are. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's kind of my point is that it's probably it's quite difficult I think to put yourself in the shoes of or you know to, to be able to say I wish that was my nostalgia, uh, particularly something that's uh, younger than you are. You know? mm-hmm. uh, however, I do wish that I was maybe just slightly older, you know, if, if I've been, been born slightly sooner, so that I've been old enough to kind of pick and choose my own consoles and games mm-hmm. in the period that was my childhood. Um, so mm-hmm. I've always wanted an N64. I used to play the N64 at my friend's house. Um, I keep saying that I'm going to buy one, but I kind of struggle to, I don't have the time for it now at the moment, uh, but probably will eventually. Um, But it would have been nice if I'd been, you know, maybe in my late teens when the N64 came out or Mm -hmm. kind of my mid-teens rather than a child uh, so that I could have, if I wanted one, I could have bought one and not kind of relied on my parents either to let me have one and or to give me enough pocket money over months and months and months so that I could get one. Um, Likewise, uh, the kid who lived next door to me when I was about seven had a a SNES and he used to play, well, we used to play Donkey Kong Country. And I used to think that was really cool. I really liked the, you know, the sprites that they have uh, in in those games. And I always thought, I wish I had a Super Nintendo um, and could play this game. So if I'd been just slightly older, I would have been able to just, do it myself get one save up the money and buy one um so i certainly don't wish i was any younger and i don't wish i was older to the point that my whole nostalgia had was kind of you know knocked knocked off Mm. and that i was more nostalgic for kind of nes games or whatever but uh just to have that agency and independence to fully immerse myself in the stuff that i'm already nostalgic for i think that's what i wish i had I don't wish, like you, I don't wish to 
to have been born any later yeah. than I than I was. Uh, in fact, I quite like the period in which I grew up because there were so many incredible games in the late 90s, which is when I first properly started playing mm. games. Um, I was old enough to really appreciate and understand games. Not necessarily appreciate, but understand them and enjoy yeah. them. Um, and also, I'm quite glad of the fact that I am particularly nostalgic and have a, uh, a modest collection of Game Boys because right. it doesn't seem that many people put a huge amount of stock in Game Boys and are quite happy to just part with them mm. for either free because they know me or for minimal money. Yeah. And that's great. Um, not, not because I intend on selling them on for a profit or yeah. anything, yeah. but the nostalgia is growing for that period mm. uh and game boys are getting more expensive particularly pokemon games are getting more expensive you're sitting on a gold mine i pretty much am yeah uh so i'm i'm really happy with with that particular area of nostalgia i do wish like you maybe i was born slightly earlier so that i could fully appreciate the n64 and the ps1 yeah. um a little more but also you know we both just turned 30 and the inevitable march towards death will claim us all eventually yeah and so i don't really want i'm, I'm not really in love with the idea of fast forwarding myself to Being older. three or four or five years older than i already am yeah. so that you know i'm i'm quite good with where i where i am quite frankly i've spent most of my uh, career, if you want to call it that, trying to get into games and writing about games and covering games, uh, pre triple jump and what culture and stuff, feeling like I was too young and, right. and feeling almost feeling like, like I had just to miss the boat. Yeah. Almost feeling like I had to compensate for it because all the people I looked up to and all the people who were professionals were in their sort of mid to late twenties yeah. at the time. And I was in my, you know, I was like 21 or something. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like an idiot because clearly that cycle just persists for everyone yeah, forever. Yeah. Uh, but at the time I was like, oh, I wish I was a bit older. You know, I wish I wish I was an adult with disposable income sooner yeah. uh, so that I could cover and play and know more about these games than I do. Um, but I think the fact that people do wish they were either born later or sooner is proof that good em emulation and preservation are very important mm -hmm. so people can experience these games. It won't be quite the same as being in the pop culture zeitgeist of Pokemon Blue coming out no. or Spyro the Dragon coming out, Yeah, but th they should be there and they should be readily available for anyone who wants to play them now, Yeah, which they aren't currently, not in their original forms, not, not particularly easily. Uh, so, yeah. That's my answer. I suspect that, broadly speaking, most people would say, I wish I was slightly older so that the thing I am nostalgic for, I could have appreciated even more. I think yeah. that no matter like who you are or what year you were born, it was probably maybe there might be a few mm. people, a few people who are younger than us who would say, I wish I lived in the kind of mm. the, the 90s or the, or the 80s even and had those games but i think broadly speaking most people they have something in their head that they really like from a nostalgic point of view and whatever that is because you like that thing down to nostalgia you look at that fondly and you probably think if i'd been even just a few years older i would have enjoyed that even more no matter mm -hmm. what that thing was or what period of time you're talking about i think it's probably a fairly 
uh, common answer you would get if you asked people this, no matter how old they were. Yeah. So, yeah, that's no surprise. Everyone's nostalgia is different. Yeah. You know, and Ashton's is for the sort of DS period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that'll be the same for a lot of people. And people growing up now, they'll be nostalgic for their PlayStation 4s, their Xbox Ones and Fortnite. Yeah. And that'll be their nostalgia. And we'll look at that and go, ugh, really? What? You can't, you can't put Fortnite in a display case and never play with it again like <laughs> I can with yeah. Game Boys. So, that's you know, thing. idiot. Uh, but there we are. Mm-hmm. Those are our answers. It's time for something rather large. Yep. Some might call it the large discussion. Oh. But they'd be wrong because it's the big discussion. The big discussion, yeah. Big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion that comes this week from Cameron Keywood, who asks, or sorry, who says, Hilo Bap. It just got announced that Microsoft turned down the chance to have an exclu- have an exclusive license to develop Marvel games to focus on their own IPs. The license went to Sony, and the rest is history. Do you think this was a mistake? And would the Xbox Marvel games been any good? Space question mark. Cameron, come on. <laughs> Cameron, please. Uh, did you also see that this is a rumor, but it's, it's being widely reported that Microsoft also said no to the Knights of the Old Republic remake? Mm, they didn't were see that first, apparently. Um, I have a write-up here oh, go for about it. some information yeah. regarding this, just to give a little bit of context. This is from Games Radar, uh, who wrote, As spotted by Reset Error using user Nightingale, an extract from The Ultimate History of Video Games Volume 2 by Stephen L. Kent reveals that Marvel reached out to both Microsoft and Sony with the aim of securing first-party deals. Um To them, three companies fitted the bill, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. But as Nintendo primarily focuses on its own IPs, it was ruled out. Instead, they approached both Microsoft and Sony, saying, we don't have any big console deals uh, with anyone right now. What would you like to do? Microsoft's strategy reportedly revolved around its own IPs, so it passed on the offer. Meanwhile, PlayStation execs Adam Boys and John Dr- Adam Boys and John Drake, that was worth going back for, yeah, met with Marvel, who laid out their lofty ambitions. We have a dream that this is possible, that we could beat Arkham and have one game at least, and maybe multiple games that could drive adoption of your platform. This led to 2018's PlayStation exclusive uh, Spider-Man game developed by Insomniac Games, but not before Marvel had to wrestle the rights of the franchise away from Activision, which had been making Spider-Man games throughout the 2000s. This bit's great. When Marvel announced that they wanted to find a better home for Spidey, Activision replied with, Good luck finding your unicorn. Wow. Given the phenomenal success of Spider-Man on PlayStation, (laughs) it appears that unicorn has been well and truly found. As for Microsoft, it's fair to assume that it probably regrets not taking Marvel up on its offer. So this was quite surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, It is worth mentioning right off the bat that the only reason we are having this conversation is because Sony did so well with it. Mm. Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Sony could well have dropped the ball on it. Yeah. And at the time... It was a gamble for Sony to take it, and it was a gamble for Microsoft to say no. Mm-hmm. We could easily be having this conversation had Sony dropped the ball, and we it, it could be completely different. Like, wow, I bet Microsoft is glad that they didn't take the Marvel license given yeah. what Sony did to it. Flipping mm-hmm. egg. Um, but, you know, so we can't really... I think people there's been a lot of dunking on Microsoft and Xbox over this, and I don't think it's really fair to do that because there's... I mean, how could they have known? No, yeah, it's not fair to say... <laughs> 
stupid business I bet you wish you made the exact game Insomniac Games made, a studio that you don't own. Mm -hmm. Uh, But surely they've got to be kicking themselves a little bit given the success. Potentially, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the quality of the product. Spider-Man was an incredible game. Mm. Activision, yeah, had been making Spider-Man games throughout the noughties. And some of them, a couple of them were good. But actually, some of them were pretty rubbish. So it's not... It's not a license to print money, a Spider-Man game, or having the Spider-Man license. So, yeah, I don't think Microsoft were, like, really stupid to say no to it, necessarily. No. Um, I do think that Sony was the better place for it. In ter- well, it depends on your preference, your kind of game genre preferences. But if you like the sort of thing that... Um, uh, was that Insomniac did with it, if you like your single-player, uh, semi-linear... Um, uh, you know, uh, cinematic games, I suppose Mm, is the mm. word I'm looking for, then, you know, certainly have an excellent pedigree with that. You've got, you know... um, Naughty Dog. Yeah, Naughty Dog. uh, Yeah, Uncharted, Last of Us, God of War. um, And, you know, they're they're still... I mean, they've they've gone for um, they've they've purchased the Kana developer as well. Yeah, um, because they know that that's kind of their wheelhouse, I think. Um, So if that's the kind of game you like, Sony is probably the best person to have taken it up. Microsoft, I would say, arguably less known for that kind of experience. Mm. You know, they do pretty good multiplayer games by all accounts. I don't play Microsoft multiplayer games, but uh, you know, that's that's uh, something that they're they're not bad at doing. And at the time, they didn't have a huge uh, as many studios as they do now. No, that's uh, true. Although, in the choice of Insomniac, did end up not shocking people, but I don't think anyone expected Insomniac no. to make a game that good with the Marvel with the, with the Spider-Man license and so there could have been someone in Microsoft stables at the because this was 2014 uh, so there could have been someone in Microsoft stables at the time that, that might have shocked us by making something really good yeah um, and that the other thing I was going to say was uh, I don't think this was, this was well I know it wasn't the case at the time but Microsoft now uh, owned Bethesda hmm. and maybe a Bethesda Marvel game could have been quite interesting you know yeah. they're good at um, they're kind of their RPGs and maybe a, a, a much more open-ended kind of uh, superhero game with the Marvel license, but with a, a big open world, bigger than New York City, or more varied at least. Um, Could have done a Punisher game from the people that make Wolfenstein, whose yeah. names I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, yeah, oh, true. It's like a sieve today in my brain. I can't, can't think of them. But <laughs> them, them ones, machine games. That sounds right. Maybe them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I think that's what they're called. Yes. Um, so yeah, ultimately, I do. I'm like you say, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad that Sony went with it and produced an amazing game or two amazing games so far, and we've got a, another one coming soon. Yeah. Um, and then there's Wolverine to look forward to as well. Yeah. Um, at, but Microsoft, if they'd known that they were going to have Bethesda, uh, that could have been a way to go with it potentially. Mm. But I mean, Bethesda at the moment don't have a, a great uh, track record. So, yeah, um, it's not necessarily, a, again, it's not a license to print money, just giving Bethesda the Marvel license. So mm. um, what, what do you think? Well, it's also worth bearing in mind that Microsoft, or I should say Xbox, weren't doing very well at this point mm. uh, in 2014. Um, their reasoning that they... Microsoft's strategy reportedly revolved around its own IPs, so it passed on the offer. I have to assume that that was just uh, not right now, we're not interested response yeah. because the Xbox One 
a period was famously quite light on quality exclusives or in fact yeah. many exclusives so james jenkins uh did jenkins. actually his response to this was in 2014 what on earth were they doing it was like eight years of no games and this is a man who was who was on the xbox yeah. platform for that entire time um well i wouldn't go so far as to say there were no games it is a curious response yeah. from xbox to say actually we're focusing on our own games th right. now and then fast forward looking at it in 2022 it's like were you what, what though were you what were you on? working maybe yeah. scale bound i don't know but that was external mm. and then cancelled was there a gears gears of war in the there was a there was a gears game that came out in 2019 yeah so that's still five uh, years on. i mean i know games take a while but yeah i mean spider-man didn't come out until 2018 mm. so that's yeah. anyway it's it's a curious response i'm i'm interested by that um I also am just a huge fan of Activision's response. Yeah, I know. Just, just the, the confidence. And it also makes me think again, what will the football game landscape look like in three or four years? Yeah. Because EA clearly have the confidence to think that they don't need to put down the money for the FIFA license anymore. Yeah. But if Activision are like, good luck finding your unicorn, we've been making fantastic Spider-Man games for years. We don't even want it. Yeah. Go away. And then Sony turns around and makes a Spider-Man game that everyone loves, yeah. that sells tens of millions of units. And it's like, ah, maybe we were wrong. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future would or what the present would look like if Microsoft had taken it up. I, we don't know what kind of game they would have made. Yeah. If it's a Spider-Man game, Sony didn't stray too far away from the kind of stuff that Activision were doing, which well, was no. just, you know, an open world kind of sandbox game. But they of, just made a really good one. Yeah, it was it was clearly heavily inspired by the Spider-Man 2 game that everyone really yeah. liked. And the combat of Arkham as well, yeah. which of course yeah. goes back in the Activision games as well, you know, and, and Activision pulled from them originally too. Mm. Uh, it was just a refinement of a lot of different things. Yeah. So there's a good chance that if Xbox did take on the Marvel license and we assume that they made Spider-Man because that's by far the most popular Marvel character, yeah. that that game would probably look kind of similar. I don't know if it would have been as good, Yeah. but it, it would have probably played similarly. I'd have thought you'd you'd be you'd have to be an idiot to make a superhero game like that and not try and do the Arkham combat. Yeah, you could say it, it depends which studio ended up working on it. But I mean, like you say, no one could have predicted that Insomniac would be the choice for um, for, the for Sony and Clank to say. People. Well, exactly. Like you think, well, what do they, they? All they'd made for years before that was Ratchet and Clank, and. Um, they made something else as well. Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, and Sunset Fuse. Overdrive. And yeah, and Fuse. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically the Ratchet and Clank people. They're making Spider-Man. You can't put those two things together. Obviously, they didn't make a Ratchet and Clank style Spider-Man game. Mm. They made something very different to Ratchet and Clank, rightly so. Um, so even if you say, oh, well, Microsoft could have put such and such a studio on it because they made this game and that was good. Yeah. Games come out completely differently, um, even from the same studios sometimes. Uh, you, there tends to be a, a general level of quality from one studio to another, but uh, it's it's hard to know what could have been produced. Yeah, um, would but, they have made something like The Avengers? I hope not. Well, yeah, that's the but concern, isn't it? Sort of a live service -y kind of game? Yeah. I don't. I genuinely don't know. No. Uh, but I think that this is... 
sort of obviously it's a huge blow for people who only play on Xbox, but I think it's settled out quite well because Marvel are now handing handing out their license to studios they want to work with. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Spider Man being exclusive. Again, it does suck for for people who who don't have access to the platform. Uh, but it it ended up producing two really really good games that are worth playing. Uh, and we don't know if Xbox would have produced better ones or worse ones or of of the Different same caliber. Ones, yeah. But certainly, as it goes, we've got a couple of Marvel games coming up. There's uh, there's uh, what's it, Sons something Sons. <laughs> which is that sort of oh, RTS yeah. game kind of thing that, that's being worked on at the moment. Um, and then there's there's a couple of others in development as well at other studios. Obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. loved that. Yeah, The Avengers is the only one that's been sort of a miss so far. Yeah. Um, and, you know, giving it to Crystal Dynamics, I, don't, I think that was a really safe bet, but they, they fumbled the ball. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully this this trend continues where they where they hand it out to studios that, that are pretty much guaranteed to make really good games yeah and maybe one ends up with xbox eventually who well, knows that's the thing you know that it could be a, a win-win in that it went to sony originally they produced a really good proof that hey marvel if you give this license out to good studios good games will happen mm. and then yeah now marvel are willing to to hand it out to various people yeah um and yeah maybe maybe one of them will be a uh, microsoft studio who knows? Well, let us know in the comments below which Marvel license you would like to see an Xbox studio work on and perhaps which Xbox studio you would you would like to to tackle that. I'd be interested to see that. I still think, even though I plucked it out of the top of my head, that a Punisher game by Machine Games might be pretty good. That's a good idea. Um, I don't always get, think of the Punisher straight away when I think of Marvel. I was just but. trying to think of a Marvel character who uses guns. I mean, Deadpool to an extent, but it would sort yeah. of have to be first person. So, and I think I feel like Deadpool works better as a third person character. And there was that third person Deadpool game that <laughs> there was, was a already. Bit a bit of a miss. Yeah, people some people really like that. But yeah, yeah, they I did, but I played it and I wasn't that sure. Yeah. Was, yeah. Let us know in the comments. Mm. You can find us in various places around the internet. In fact, before you tune out, before you turn off, I'm just going to do this right now and jump ahead because we'll talk about it a bit more in a minute. But please go to the YouTube channel and please, please watch the return of Prove It. We yes. did a live action Prove It. If you're unfamiliar with Prove It, it's the, it's the series that we did a couple of episodes uh, of at Triple Jump, but we used to do at Vidiots, where we prove that video games can teach you any skill, any skill. that you can then adapt to real life. This is the most um, ambitious one that we've ever done. Yeah, We've been taught by WWE 2K22 to become real wrestlers, and we went to a real wrestling school, and we were thrown around, and we proved that WWE 2K22 teaches you how to be a real wrestler go and watch it it's out on the channel now i think it's one of the best things we've ever made uh please 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 go and watch it a lot of people who uh saw the weirdest games ever that went out recently yep. were like what where are those what are those wrestling why are they clips? doing suplexes what is that what, what video have i missed yeah. well it was a little sneak peek there a little sneak peek mm. it's out now go and watch it yeah. where can people find us on the internet peter we've got a lot to read here because ashton's slacking. ashton she's plopping all over the world youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump go to either of those to see our videos and our live streams if you've got amazon prime that comes with a twitch sub in the bundle it's no extra cost it's just part of the bundle so spend that on us if you like um thank you lord brotovich trailing badger and mr black for looking after our chat when we're streaming on both youtube and twitch and yes. facebook as well now and facebook uh twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump is uh, where you can find us on social media for video and live stream announcements uh, video content actual live stuff 
stuff over on Facebook. There you go. Yeah, it happened. Mm -hmm. I promised it would. Yep. Um, thank you to Fraser for looking after those. Uh, we've also got a TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. Mostly Fraser and Ashton over there doing silly things and they're doing it well. Yes, they are. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Lots of tears over there. So go and have a look at those. We've got a website. It's triplej.mup. That's J-U dot M-P. Uh, you can go to triplej.mup forward slash discord to access our discord, which is modded by Jack, Joe, Tori and Hollowise. And to channel Ashton Matthews if they tell you to do something. Everybody will do it. If you want to listen to the audio version of the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can go to triplej.mup forward slash podcast. Uh, all of our VODs are uploaded onto YouTube, so you can go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs. That will send you straight to our YouTube VODs channel. Mm. We've got a cameo. Uh, each of us, triplej.mup forward slash cameo to get links to uh, each and every one of us on cameo and go and request little messages and things. Please do. Yes, I got one from James Jenkins for my birthday. Yes, you did. Uh, one of our live stream mods, Mr. Black, very kindly purchased a cameo from James Jenkins for me. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I saw it. It was a good one. It was very good. Uh, and lastly, from me, triplejumpshop.com. Uh, that will take you to our shop. There's lots of merch over there. And I suppose we better think about a new drop at some point. So um, Ooh, we're working you, on a new shirt right now. We are. And if you follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter, you will get the drop on the drop when the new drop drops. You certainly, you certainly will. Mm. Well read, Peter. Thank you. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday being the joint stream. Please, yeah on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, the other days of the week being the solo streams on Twitch. Next week is slightly different because there's all sorts of bank holiday stuff going on. I will still stream on Tuesday. Peter will still stream on Thursday. Peter will stream on Thursday. I'm off on Monday, aren't just on holiday. Yeah, James, I think, is going to stream on Wednesday or Monday or he Wednesday. might stream on my Monday slot or maybe on Wednesday. Who there'll knows? be three streams next week, but there'll be no joint stream. So just be aware of that. Um, what else is there? Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. We do the podcast every Saturday and we do shows once every other week. Um, well, actually, that's not true at all. I don't know why it still says that. We do shows all the time. Yeah. So come check them out. That's we a hangover do. from the pandemic era where we were just kind of trying to fill the schedule a little bit because yeah. we couldn't do stuff in person. One every other week. Please leave a five-star review on your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. We've got a few things to talk about before we go. Once again, the Wrestling Prove It is now live. Huge thank you to H.T. Drake, um, Northeast wrestling legend for mm -hmm. taking good care of us and go check out his school as well. All the information is in the description of the video. And a massive thank you as well to Ashton for organizing and yes. coordinating that. Mm -hmm. Don't tell her we're being nice to her, though, because it will no. go to her head. Um, and also Dan Happel and James Jenkins for yes. coming along and helping to shoot stuff. Yeah, uh, they were extremely, extremely helpful, had a wonderful time and mm. made a great video. Extremely happy. Extremely helpful. helpful. It's a worst games ever week. It is. It's um, it's Gorefield. Mm. Uh, so that's a little spoiler for you if you're not a patron. But I went out yesterday for patrons uh, of a certain tier and tomorrow for everyone else on YouTube. So uh, go and have a look at Garfield 2, worst games ever. I heard James laughing oh. at his desk yesterday. That's always a good sign. It. I think he was laughing at the episode, but 
Maybe who's just maybe not maybe off just, watching just having a laugh YouTube or something. I would. Uh, we have finally got the totals for all the Cats Protection League shirts that we have sold. Uh, thank you to everyone who bought one. You should be getting them now slash have received them already. Seeing photos of them arriving. Uh, we've been able to make a further £1,118 donation to Cats Protection because of the shirts that you bought. So mm. thank you very much for that. You've done a brilliant thing. And you've got exclusive merchandise that's not available anywhere else apart from on a website where someone ripped the design and uploaded it because yeah. bots are bastards. We had to send them a takedown notice. We did. Um, uh, we did. Stole a charity shirt design. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and thanks again to uh, our merch team. Yes, who, and the artist as well. Who, yeah, the art was provided just for free. Mm. And the merch team said, hey, let's do this for not for profit. Yep. So everything, all the proceeds went to, or all the profits. All went the profits to, went yeah. to charity. Yep. So there we are. Finally, uh, there should be a Quipscope available now for Sniper Elite 5. So mm. that should be on your audio feeds and on the channel if you want to see video of it. We also streamed it, so you can check it out there. Yeah. That's everything. It's time to talk about the sponsor once more, which of course is Sniper Epeat 5, mm. where you hunt tiny Peters in a big green field. We had a great time streaming that this week, I assume. We've not done it yet. We've not done it yet in the afternoon, but yeah. uh, there we are. Okay, thanks for watching, everybody, slash listening. You look after yourselves, and we'll catch you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 